Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Pennyworth Season 1, Episode 1 it is simply titled The Pilot. So we will start spoiler free because it is an Episode 1 and we'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. Uh, so this is the Batman prequel show uh, with Alfred Pennyworth. If you're like, if you're only a casual like fan of Batman you're like, remind me who that is again? That's his butler, that, Alfred's Batman's butler. And this is a spy show set in an alternative 1960s of Alfred when he was a young man and meets Thomas Wayne for the first time and gets into some caper-esque... Shenanigans. Shenanigans, yes. Uh, it's from Epics, and it is, it is a mature-rated show. There, there are F-bombs in here, and uh, even boobs at one point, which really caught me off guard. Um, I was not expecting the Alfred show to be the, 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 the raunchier thing yeah but here we are um so yeah um that's that's the gist of it we'll, we'll save the plot for the for the for the spoilers but um what did you think of episode one of of pennyworth i, I thought it was all right i quite had a had a bit of fun i i i in my tastes i'm quite into some spy stuff uh 60s spy things uh, a lot of fun uh this feels like Guy Ritchie directed it. I know he didn't, but if you told me that he directed it under a pseudonym, I would believe you. Oh no 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 no! We have to talk about the director because I I I nearly had a had a fit when I, the opening titles came up, and I didn't even see that he directed it at this point. I just saw his name in the executive producer uh, credit. Uh, was the name of Danny Cannon, and you're, you're at home. You're thinking, who's Danny Cannon? Why is that? Why does that mean anything to you? Well, Danny Cannon. Um, just recently on the Atomic Cinema Experiment, our sci-fi movie podcast that I did with Tara, uh, for the bonus episode that's exclusive to patrons a few months ago, we did the 1995 Judge Dredd, and I noticed the director's name was Danny Cannon, and I had a good chuckle, we made some fun of it, I said it was like a porn name, and we're, you know, joked about the name, no big deal, whatever, moved on with our lives. Just a few weeks ago, the vote winner for the Screams After Midnight episode this month, which is the horror movie podcast that I did with Tim, um, was I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. And would you believe it, Danny Cannon was also the director of I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. So, I learned in, you know, just over this month or so of time that I had seen two films by Danny Cannon. And it was someone whose name I'd never known before. So I sat down to watch Pennyworth, and halfway through the titles, executive producer... Danny Cannon. And here's the thing, Judge Dredd and I still did last summer, three years apart, right? They're both mid to late 90s, and that was clearly when he was directing movies. I assumed that he was long retired or dead or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down and watched Pennyworth, and Danny Cannon's name pops up. And of course I have to go digging, I have to make sure it's the same Danny Cannon, like, like what's happening here? So I discovered he directed this episode, and then I went to his credits to check, is this the same dude who did Judge Dredd and I still went with the last summer? And sure enough it is. Turns out he's been doing a lot of TV for the last 15, 20 years. He's done a lot of CSI, he did some Gotham. Um, I assume it's very reliable work. <laughs> I mean, you know, as opposed to, you know, uh, doing a movie. It's like, ah, come in. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. From, 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 from him getting a job perspective, you say it's reliable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, thought you meant it was reliably good. <laughs> not, not necessarily good, but, I mean, most TV most TV direction is at least serviceable. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not doing anything fancy usually. It's like, yeah, sure, it works. Yeah, so I just, I had a good laugh about that. 
Um, and I just couldn't believe that I'd somehow, in the space of a couple of months, stumbled into my third Danny Cannon production. <laughs> the question is, knowing you, your taste, do you hate this more than those other two previous productions? Uh, well, I'm going to say something here. First, first is I actually quite enjoy 1995's Judge Dredd. I have a lot of, lot of cheesy nostalgia for that movie, and I'm okay with it. It's a delight. I am the law. It's a great movie. Well, not great. It's terrible, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want that to be the, the thing people take away from this. <laughs> yeah. Judge Dredd 95. Great movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not as good as Dread, of course. I'm not saying that. I'm just for the cheesy, stupid thing that it is. I kind enjoy of enjoy it. it. Um, I still know what you did last summer. On the other hand, not so much. That movie is pretty terrible. Um, I'd say this falls in between those two. It is more serviceable than I still know what you did last summer. Uh, it's coherent and is uh, not insanely stupid. In ways that would you know make me upset, um, but I don't really like it either. Uh, admittedly, this this is down to more of a taste thing. Although I guess just from a DC Comics fan's perspective, though, from from that side of you know from looking at it from that context, yeah, my opinion of this is just kind of weird at this point. Where I'm like, why is this even an Alfred show? Like, why, why why isn't this just yeah yeah you know, that's a that's a whole other bit. We'll get to yeah, that. We'll, you know, we'll get into that in a bit. I think. But just you, you mentioned there were taste thing. You don't like spy things, typically. You know, typically, the, the, I mean, there are very few spy things that you do like, though, right? Uh, Charade, very good movie. Um, uh, I enjoyed the Bourne trilogy. Is 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 solid. Um, this definitely wants to be more of a Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie, James Bond, though. And yes. those are two and, things and that I do you, not like. You strongly dislike both of those. Yes, I do not like Guy Ritchie typically. Um, and I definitely do not like James Bond. So, uh, that this show, it's the entire appeal of this show is just not for me. And then on top of that, a couple of the the accents in this were just great into my ears. Um, the villain, uh, Paloma S- Faith, Sykes, villain. yeah, Paloma Faith. Her voice, I hate with a passion. No, I don't want to hear I, it. I actually have like on on her accent. I'm not sure what she's doing. Like, I don't hate it. I don't. Re- I don't have the same from you. Like ninety percent of the time, I'm fairly confident she's doing a Derbyshire accent, and she's she's doing you know, a up me duck, you know, all the, all the common Derby phrases. And every so often, though, it sounds kind of northern, like Lancashire, and I'm like, eh, what's going on? Because that's she. She typically has a very borderline Cockney accent. Is her natural accent? See, the thing is that the accent she's doing. Like you get away with it in a comedy. I I just I don't think in a serious show where I'm suspect expected to take her as the threat, I can hear her say, "Do you want to have a cuppa?" I'm like, no, shut up. I, no, it's fine. It's a it's a very very bog standard English accent. Like it's such a common accent. It's very it's a very working class accent. Uh, so to me, I. It, I actually quite like it as a choice, given that she's working with all the, you know, the 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 rich posh, uh, you know, underground side of things. Giving her a working class accent like that is quite interesting. I hear it. There is a reason why when you're watching anything that isn't specifically like Red Dwarf, you don't hear Liverpool accents because no one wants to put them in anything because it'll just distract you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Even Constantine didn't want to. Yeah, same with this accent. Like this should not be in a serious drama. 
I'm a, no, I'm okay with that. I think give Derbyshire is is quite near where I grew up, so to me this. I'm very used to this accent. Well, it's not that I'm used to it because I don't want to no. hear. I don't want to hear my local accent in something like this either. Really. I mean, it just doesn't bother me though. If, like, I'm not opposed to it. It feels more. Well, actually, hold on, hold on. Actually, let me put it this way. It's not so much the accent. Actually, it's more the 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 thick slang that is being employed constantly that I think bugs me. Because when I say that I don't want to hear my local thing, it's not so much the accent. I don't have a problem with a Scottish accent in something. If anything, it's a pleasant surprise sometimes. Um, what I don't want to hear, though, is nothing but Scottish phrases that I just don't think belong in a TV script or a movie script. I just I don't like it. Uh, no, I, I, I've, we've, I think we've had this debate before. We probably have. But... Uh, for me, if, if it feels authentic uh, to, to a character, then I'm fine with it. Um, I just... For, I don't give a shit about authenticity when it comes to this. I like, just like, for me, like I say, using those phrases in that yeah. accent actually gave me more about her character than a lot of the other things she may have done in the episode because it's like okay, that tells me a lot about who she is, a background as as someone who <laughs> understands that. I can I can in my head go okay, this tells me a lot about who this person is. Oh, I was too busy groaning at it. <laughs> I was oh, too no. busy groaning at the accent. Uh... Or the dialect, maybe just more, 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 more accurate. I think it's more dialect. What I'm talking about. Um, but I think the accent sounds like great either, admittedly. But um... well, no, it's it's an East Midlands accent. It's not that appealing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you get the main dude who's doing his best Michael Caine impression, and it was pissing me off constantly. Cause... Why? It's not a bad Michael Caine impression. Well, no, but this is the problem, though, is that it felt like an impression the whole time. It never felt effortless. It felt like he was constantly trying to do it. You know, and it, it just, okay, sure. you know, like um, every, the, the first time I really noticed it is early on, there's a scene in the club where he's, he's, he's a bouncer and he comes in and he says something like, you've got to have your health or something like that to like, he's, he's talking to the two guys that are talking yeah, to Thomas yeah. Wayne. And he says, you got to have your health. But he, he goes full on Michael Caine for a sentence. And I went, he is trying so hard to sell like Michael Caine right now. No, he is. Um, I'm going to cut him some slack in the sense that Okay, this is the first episode. Maybe that gets more natural as he goes on. Mm-hmm. Maybe he kind of, maybe he doesn't have to try quite as hard by episode ten, uh, because it, no, I agree. You can feel that it's an impression, but it's not a bad impression. If it was a bad impression, that'd be way worse. Oh dear. Um, there's just there's him, the villain, um, stuck out to me. There's a couple other examples, smaller, but him and the villain stuck out to me. Is yeah, I'm just really about the Scottish guy. Is playing up the accents. Well, I didn't really like him that much either. Um, because again, they forced a few things into his mouth that just felt like, oh, we have to point out that he's Scottish by having him say something Scottish, right? Do you know what? There was one that that really struck me as weird on those things because he was talking about whiskey because mm. that's like half of his dialogue. Yes. Uh, and he was like, oh, you know, okay, you know, if if I go out, get get me an Isla, none of this, none of this shit stuff. And he's like, but not too peaty. And I'm like. That, that's that's what Isla is. Like, you know, like that's the whole point of that region of whiskey is. Oh, that's the PT one. So it felt like a weird contradiction. Like, like they didn't quite know what they were putting in, in there. Just oh, we'll put in some phrases. Clearly, that flew over my head because I don't drink, so yeah. <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't get any of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't particularly like the Scottish character. I don't like. I, didn't, I mean, having the other dude, uh, he's two, you know, army buddies. Baza, I think. Yeah, Baza. Baza yeah. or Gaza. I think it was Baza. I don't remember Gaza. Baza. Um, and Scottish guy was Dave Boy. Like, those two, I wasn't super into either. I just... 
I don't know, it, it feels like it's trying so hard to play up the Britishness of it, and it really puts me off when something does this. Um, and not specific to, to, to Britain or even Scotland. It's like anything that constantly plays up. Like, you know, if I'm watching an American thing and it's really like, like, what's an example? Like in Spider-Man 3 when he like, you know, dives past the American flag and it goes into like slow motion for a second. They're like, and that's not even that bad an example because it's like just one small moment in the whole movie. It's like, it's like okay. hey, look, look, look at he's, he's an American hero. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's one moment where... Is this like the entire time? Like every time it cuts back to the city, or it cuts to Buckingham Palace, or it cuts to um, they're printing like the, the the villains like group have got like a sort of was it a, a Raven logo they've got on the, yeah. the Union Jack and they're printing it on the Union Jack. Like they just it's like look, it's the sixties, it's this Britain. Like get yeah. it down, you. Like that, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that dies off. Not like entirely, obviously, but I wonder if they cut back on it a little uh, bit after the first episode uh, i don't know i will agree that it does go pretty hard on yeah it. this was a concoction of everything i hate i i hate over like hamming because I, I, I hate it with scottish stuff as well i i hate when a scottish thing has to reference iron brew kilts and something you know like a bunch of scottish things very quickly because it's like oh we're scotland because we have to mention all these things every time we talk and you know present ourselves to the world you know like that pisses me off. So it does that with 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 Britain, specifically England, but Britain for the most part. Um, it is it's a really pointless prequel because I don't understand why this has to be an Alfred show. Along the fact that the names Alfred and Thomas, because yeah. one one of the things that I thought by the end of this episode to myself is that I can't imagine how this Alfred becomes this Thomas's butler. I can't imagine for a second why he ends up serving him. That's fair. Um, I no, I agree. As a prequel yeah sure um if you took this this exact show exactly as it is and just change alfred and thomas's names mm -hmm. i can see why it exists yeah, on its just, own merit someone just had an idea about to do a pulpy 60s and they went can, can we slap it onto any pre-existing brand for name recognition yeah i just i don't I and then on top of that, I just I don't really care about spy stuff, typically, especially not this type of spy stuff. This type of, um, mm. you know, yeah. This this was just not for you. No, matter it never what. was. No, it never was. And I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's like you know, despite the fact that it comes from the director of I still know what you did last summer. I don't think it's poorly directed necessarily. Um, it's not amazing. There's nothing fancy about the direction, but it's solid. I do wish this first episode wasn't 70 minutes, just for the sake of not making me sit through 70 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not... Like, you know, I'm defending a lot of things here. I don't think it's perfect. I think there are problems. Uh, I think that the love interest in particular is rather weakly written, and the whole romance between her and Alfred, like, it begins, and we're at the point of oh, she's she's a huge part of his life in the space of about 45 seconds. There is a three-week time jump just to play devil's advocate, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> there is, but it felt like, oh, okay, well, we'll just we'll just do that. Um, it felt like, okay, we've got a 70-minute pilot and we're not going to see anything of their relationship between these two pivotal points at the start and borderline end. Joe's Spirit, is, this isn't necessarily a problem in a lot of things because I've definitely seen this done before and it works well enough in the right context. But there was a moment where they're having their kind of date where they've met each other in the park and it cuts to them having sex. And I just kind of felt like that it didn't, I don't know, work. Like, I'm like, oh, well, oh, 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 there then, I guess. Like, I, I guess the complaint I'm making is that the scene of them in the park didn't have enough chemistry that I bought that, okay, later that night they're going to have sex. Like, you know, they're, they're already there. 
Mm, that's fair. If it, it jarred me. Um, I felt jarred. It's just something that I knew going in from uh, from previous, you know, from interviews before it came out. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, the villain, you know, Plum Fates character uh, Sykes, I believe her name was, um, also falls for Alfred's girlfriend. So there are a couple of moments in this episode where you can see kind of it going down that route with her, but I'm uh, not entirely sure why. Yeah, that came out of nowhere for me. I, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Um. Very, very odd. Um. Yeah. The... It's not a terrible show. Like, this, this, is, this is a really hard one to review for me because I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But it's not bad. But it's not necessarily... I wouldn't say it's particularly good either. I, I, it's a very middling to me, I think, in terms of if I'm looking at it kind of objectively. Uh, there was one or two laughs that I got. There was a couple of, you know, little jokes here or there that amused yeah. me. Um, but that that was basically it. You know, I, I don't really care about his... Uh, his trauma from his time in the army, you know, there's little flashbacks here or there, and uh, those just kind of felt like they were going through the motions to me. That's fair. Um, I I didn't dislike his, uh, you know, his, his friends as much. I like them working as a little squad, uh, you know, his little little trio, trio squad. Uh, you know, I, I like those those elements of it. Like, uh, kind of give him a bit of a support team there. Um, I was okay with those things. Hmm. Hmm. I actually I just glanced at the credits. Um. Martha Kane is appearing. She wasn't in this episode, but there is going to be a Martha no, Kane. No, I, I was aware of that going in. Yeah, yeah. Um, just on on the concept of it being a a prequel, and we're going, how the hell does it get to this? Is you know Michael Kane, uh, uh, you know, uh, as Alfred looking after Bruce, right? Yeah. Thomas Wayne has a sister. <laughs> and she never took Bruce in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it wrong. Something could happen to her. There's, you know, years yet. There's decades yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you know it's oh you know like that can't happen, but it just seemed like a weird thing to just throw in the mix there. Like yeah, we're just we're just gonna complicate it, an extra wrinkle. Um. Also, shouldn't Alfred be older than Thomas Wayne? I'm not that concerned either way. Does it really matter? Mm. I mean, Alfred I in not. this is, is... I mean, he's served for 10 years, so he's got to be at least... I mean, let's say, even if he signed up at, like, 16, 18, he's still... 20 ish yeah. Between, you know, tw- between 25 and 30, you know, right? Probably closer to 30. Um, let, Let's say, you know... Let's say Thomas and Martha have Bruce in another ten years. That makes Alfred forty. By the time Bruce is, you know, sober, he's still yeah. But yeah, he's, Joe, he's Joe, like, actually, he's, Joe, it's thrown me here. Actually, Joe, I think I've, I have this perception. It's because whenever they do the movies, they always have the same actor playing Alfred in the flashbacks when Thomas is still alive. Even though theoretically he could be the same age as Thomas, and he's just old by the time Bruce is an adult. Yeah, because by the time Bruce is an adult, you know, you add on roughly another twenty odd years. I mean, he's, he's, and he's, he's probably sixty odd. Yeah. yeah. No, Which no, that is a tracks. perfectly reasonable age for Alfred. That tracks. That tracks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I still hate it, but it's okay. No, no, no. But the the logic <laughs> there, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'll play the, uh, I'll play the facts. 
Um, I mean, the episode. I'd seen someone else mention that as well. I'm like, yeah, yeah it doesn't bother me. And the episode opens with like you know on horseback with the red jackets that are just like, oh. And oh, what was players painted black was playing. Yeah, I'm just. I'm into it. I'm like, okay, you got you got me a cool song going. Oh. There was actually a really odd choice of song in the club because it was um it was back to black, but it was the Amy Winehouse version. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, and and this is like in in the scene being played. This wasn't just you know external music. This was in the plane played in the club. I'm like, okay, uh, I know this was a cover, and the original may have been around that long ago. I'm not entirely certain, but I mean, this was a early two thousands cover, I think. So it felt like a very odd choice to throw in. I mean. It... I, I, that that to me says they just don't care about that and they're just going to use whatever they want. Maybe, but it just it stuck. It kind of threw off the whole vibe they had going, and it just threw me. When I, when I, I never noticed because I, I wouldn't recognize that song. So <laughs> never fair even enough. clicked for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, nah, I guess we'll give the spoiler warning so we can talk about what happens in the episode. So full spoilers for the episode. Um, yeah. So I mean, the plot. You know, there's a bit of romance at the start, uh, but. Then she breaks up with them because they have one really bad like sort of meeting with with his parents where she meets his parents at dinner for the first time. Yeah, his dad's a bit of a dick. His dad's awful to her. Makes her real. I actually I was kind of mad at her after this that because because they get outside right after his dad's a dick and kind of points out oh your dad's like a I can't remember what, what he was exactly but he was he was upper class you know she comes from an upper class family, um and they're they're not. And... He was a dean, not 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 a vicar, but he was a dean. Yes, yes, um, but yeah, so. They get outside and she's like, you know what, this made me realise, like, what's our future? What are we going to do? We're we going to live together. And I felt like, I'm like, what, one conversation's made you doubt the possibility of you two, like... Yeah. Like, because she's like, you're a bouncer. And I'm like, it's still a paying job. Like, you can still have, like, get a flat yeah, together. I, like, well, I've been being a bouncer three weeks ago. And, and like, like, this felt really... Because Alfred's like, he's like going, hey, you know, like... I'm not my parents, you know. This this just felt like super flaky to me that she was just like, no, I think we have to call this all off because I just don't see how we could possibly have a happy life together. <laughs> no, I agree. Like I say that their romance is easily the worst part, and they're bad the together by the end. But I mean, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling a lot of their stuff. Um, she gets kidnapped though, because the 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 bad guys try and kill Thomas Wayne. Uh, because they've tortured this other guy to find out who's been investigating them in a, in a fraudulent way, because Thomas Wayne apparently investigates fraud. <laughs> yes, he claims to... De- he he denies working for the American government, but pretty sure he is working for the government. Yeah, but all I could think is, like, but, I mean, Thomas Wayne's a doctor and also yeah. has Wayne Enterprises, so how does this fit into all that bollocks? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to think about that. Yeah. Because the more I think about that, the the more problematic it becomes mm-hmm that, yeah, yeah. Just, i'm just pretending that that stuff doesn't exist and this isn't that isn't that thomas wayne it's just a weird coincidence so yeah so the episode kind of becomes so, so they find uh alfred's business card because they had an encounter early on um and they kidnap esme and they're like hey you've got a date to find thomas wayne and we'll trade you for her you know you give us thomas wayne yeah so he goes to find thomas wayne with his buddies uh, they break into like some because the, the the card that he's got with Thomas is being numbered on it on the other side. It's uh like that's electrician or whatever. 
Uh, so he goes yeah. to the electrician and they demand to, to know where he is. Which, the weird balaclavas and holding at gunpoint is, is a very intense yeah, they're thing. Not, they're not being friendly about this. No. Uh, they're, they're being taking it very seriously, getting the job done, just, you know, whatever whatever it takes. And, you know, and they've broken in and whatever. Um, so they find Thomas Wayne and they, you know, demand to know why he's been attacked, what he's, what he's doing, what's going on. And they have this kind of weird, like, well, we're going to have to trade you for him and or for for Esme, and we know that they're probably going to try and double cross us, but we have to try. And they sell up a meat. The bad guys don't bring her, uh, so they end up shooting all the bad guys. Yeah, uh, they're lining weight, obviously. Uh, no, but Alfred just goes for leg shots and things like that because he, he loses a lot of them alive. Uh, yeah, Dave Boy seems to be uh quite happy to to kill anyone. Yeah, a bit more of a hothead. He seems to be... Because uh... at the end of the scene, there's like two of them left, just kind of there. And it's like, all right, one of you is going to tell us, you know, where where she is. And, uh, and you know, and Alfred's pointing a gun at either of them. It's like, right, which is it going to be? And uh, a, a dead boy just, just shoots one of them in the head. And it's like, what did you do that for? He goes, well, now the other one knows you're serious. Yeah. he's Yeah, so, I mean, they go to the, the mansion where she's being kept, because... Honestly, probably the most effective scene in the whole, the whole episode for me, is Esme actually manages to escape. She she hits uh, Sykes over the head, and they have a bit of a chase up the stairs because she's in this sort of dungeony she basement. Gets, yeah, gets out from behind a few fake bookshelves. Yeah. Uh, and she runs into a room, and it's like a big posh uh, dining room with a big dinner party going on with like you know probably like good forty people around this table. Yeah, um, this is like a, a proper like upper class i think the the person charged said like an actual lord you know like with the, yeah. with the titles and stuff and it's all these fancy people yeah and she's like help me help me i've been held against my will and then sykes walks in and just got punches in front of everyone says sorry sir this won't happen again um and it's like no one helps her and i thought that's an effective scene that for what it's doing because it, it makes you feel uncomfortable all these people are in on this and understand what's happening to some extent um i mean the Lord dude does seem a little bit like miffed that this has happened in front of him. He feels a little bit embarrassed, but he yeah, also because he he kind of writes it off. He goes, oh, "I'm sorry, you know, you know, th- things have to be done, you know." But I don't think the most of the people there probably didn't know the specifics of okay, we're kidnapping people and you know holding them hostage, but they're kind of just along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. The they, other they, they don't try and argue with them or anything like that. They just kind of go with it. But yeah, uh, that was an effective scene, um, and. No pun intended was a bit of a gut punch just in the, the sense of like, okay, so the villains are kind of out in the open, they're kind of doing this um because essentially what we find out later is that this group, this Raven Society or whatever they're called, uh, they want to take Britain back from the liberals and uh yeah. restore and the, the glory. The Prime Minister on their side as well. Yes. And the Queen, however, uh is not. They're they're hoping that she's she will a, she's a bastion of truth. Yeah, they're hoping that she'll take their side when the time comes, but if not, other members of the royal family will step up and they'll overthrow her, essentially. Yep. Um, so, so, you get the impression at the end, because after the whole thing, Alfred's getting a medal from the Queen. So we, we get Buckingham Palace, we get him walking in, we got the big furry hats and all sorts. And he comes up and she's basically, like, you know, someone like you, like, there's an implication in her dialogue that's like, you kind of work for me now. Like, you're, you're my soldier Which against this. I, I think does kind of work in the sense that uh i think it makes alfred okay with killing people going forward uh like you know against this society because there was a scene early on with esme where he talks about oh, sure, how yeah, yeah. in the army well he was he was the queen soldier so you know 
he was just doing doing stuff for the queen it was fine yeah what, what, what i was getting to with that though is just the idea that um he's he's directly working for the queen who's fighting the bad guy who's it's essentially the prime minister <laughs> um so yes. we have this weird thing where he's somehow like even though it's not kind of official uh, i mean but they've got an actress playing the queen so we're going to see her again like the you know almost certainly yeah. well i won't because i'm not going to watch any more of it but <laughs> anyone who decides to keep watching will likely see more of her yes lately lately well are you going to make a point of watching it even if we're not doing it i mean i'd like to watch more uh whether or not i will find the time to watch more is a different question but i quite enjoyed this like i said it's rough around the edges it's not perfect i, I think all the stuff with the romance was kind of rushed and felt a bit kind of just by the numbers didn't feel that uh a lot of the stuff with alfred uh in general i really like i like his little gang uh that, that he's got going well i'll tell you this though the best and funniest moment of the episode is the old granny with the ridiculously overpowered machine gun uh <laughs> just storming she, she looks like she looks like arnold like arnold schwarzenegger like coming down the like in commando or something like that she's just got this ridiculous like gun and just storming down and she shoots dave boy and then the other guy shoots her, and he goes, "You shot a granny." <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know the thick Scottish accent. Just yeah. you shot a granny, and it just comes out. No, almost comes out of nowhere. Even though it's just it's just stating what had happened, but the the, the comment was quite funny. I would love to know what uh, what Americans think of this show because they go so thick on the British stuff. And no, like, they do. Yeah, like is is it got a kind of like? And they try to like almost bank on the Downton Abbey effect, where it's like exotic to other people, and they're Maybe, like, ooh. Because there are, because like, because Cockney isn't exotic, I don't think, even to no. Americans. So that kind of rules, right? And Alfred is full Cockney, so that rules him out. But you know, Esme's probably more what you would, what what people would consider an upper class, you know, London English accent to to Americans, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of very borderline neutral to us. Uh, but then you do have like you know Sykes doing the the kind of Derbyshire thing. You've got the the Scottish guy, you know. All of these reasonably thick accents, um, quite quite varied. Yeah. Uh, also, a ridiculous amount of biscuits in this episode. There's so many plates of biscuits and like so many scenes. Uh, I I spotted Jammy Dodgers maybe like four times. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that might be the single most authentic thing about this because biscuits are everywhere. <sighs> I prefer a donut. Biscuits are, a, are an English way of life. I prefer a donut. Um, I prefer a proper soft cookie, which is not a biscuit. Just before people get confused. Yeah, yeah. So to to to, uh, <laughs> to British people, cookies are one type of biscuit. Well, kind of yes, but here's the thing: I would argue that only the only cookies that are actually biscuits are the hard ones you get in the packets that the, the biscuits are also served in. I would argue a nice soft cookie that you get out of a baker or anywhere that serves a nice soft cookie, I don't really think of that as a biscuit. Not really. Um, it's its own breed of thing. I think technically it still falls under the, the realm of biscuit. Yeah. Because, but no, I agree. It, it, it feels but, like a separate subset. But, but there are variations on the cookie, though. You get different things in cookies. You, you get your walnut cookie, you get your double chocolate cookie, you get your, 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 your white chocolate cookie, you get whatever. Your oatmeal and yeah. raisin cookie. There's variations on the cookie. But the cookie yeah. is a very specific thing. The cookie is like a soft a soft dough with something in it, like you know, and, chocolate chips or something and, like that. And often often bigger than a biscuit. You'll Often you'll get a bigger cookie that's yeah. much bigger that's, in that, diameter. That, that's a British cookie. 
Yes. Uh, well, to be fair, that's, that, that's still a cookie in America as well. It's not like that's no, it not is, a cookie. But they call all the rest of our biscuits cookies as well. They do. Like an Oreo cookie is actually a biscuit. I mean, we still call it an Oreo cookie just because that's what the name is. But it's... I don't think I've ever heard anyone call it an Oreo cookie. Um, it would just be an Oreo. I mean, okay, sure, yeah. Most of the time, it's just an Oreo, but. I also never hear anyone say an Oreo biscuit. <laughs> no one ever says that either. I mean, in context, so am I go, oh, do you want a biscuit? Oh, what do you got? Well, I got Oreos. Sure, uh, but no, <laughs> no, yeah. No, no one walks around saying the Oreo biscuits. No, no. But I mean, usually with, with most biscuits, you don't need to say biscuit after them either. No, that's true. That's true. Um, Oreos are nice, though. I enjoy them. I'm not a fan, but I don't, I don't really like chocolate flavored anything. Oh no! It's the, it's the cream in the middle that makes it good, though. No, I don't. I don't like chocolate biscuits, chocolate cake, chocolate Wait, ice cream. I don't, you don't really taste chocolate with an Oreo, though. No, but it's still like it's all mixed. The the powder mixed in. I don't like it. Like I don't like like bourbons. Don't like those either. Connor does not like Christmas or chocolate. He's he is a heartless bastard. I I really don't have a sweet tooth. Like I really don't. Wait, you literally said to me like last week that you have a, a candy bar with lunch like every day. Yeah, like a small one, like like a, a like a like a fun size pack like you get. Like, yeah, but like, you, like, little you, bite size ones. Yeah, but you tell me that's not chocolate. No, no, no. I can eat chocolate itself. I can't okay. eat chocolate flavored anything. But even chocolate, I, I only really have in small amounts. I don't have like a big bar like most people would. Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, before before British people pull me up, I said candy bar because I'm used to translating, all right? <laughs> like, I try and keep these accessible to everyone. Which, in the context of this particular episode, is a bit weird, though, because everything's ultra British. Yeah, basically, if, if you didn't understand, if you just said, oh, it's a chocolate bar, right, yeah. instead of a candy bar, basically, you'd be screwed trying to follow this episode. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, it would sound like a lot of gibberish. Yeah, because they go so thick. Well, at one point, it's like the old bill and things like that, or like. And all of it feels very natural in the sense that it's all things people would say. Like it, it doesn't feel like it's fake things that they're putting in. Uh, it's not it just fake. Feels like there is a lot of it. It's more the quantity. Like sometimes they'll say like like sayings like that like three times back to back, and I'm like, whoa, okay. You're like you're like you're really going out your way to to. I think do I that. think the only reason that it feels so weird, at least, is that it's well, no, two reasons. One is that it's attached to Batman, which is inherently American, and mm-hmm. two, it's from an it's it's an American TV show. If this was a British TV show, I wouldn't even bat an eyelid at any of these things because I've seen. Far worse than this on British TV. Okay, sure, uh, but it would feel different though. The, the, the way it's shot would feel different. Like, it, it, no, it would. It would. Yeah. You know, like, like there's a different. Like when I'm watching uh, Sherlock, it doesn't. Like, which for the record does not use as much, anywhere near as much slang as any of this does. Um, it feels like a British show though. It looks like a British show. It has so even though this yeah. is meant to be set in London and they've done some CG, it's got an American sheen on it. Yeah, so yeah, it has um, a different feel to it no it absolutely does i think that's what makes all the british saints feel a little bit weird because you're not used to seeing them in that context of what is clearly an american production yeah it's odd i don't know the whole the whole thing just makes me feel a bit weird (laughs) i want no part of it yeah i quite liked it i thought it was a lot of fun uh i would be interested in watching more 
Yeah. There's a I I got a good chuckle uh, at the end. We we have a fight uh, with Sykes in Alfred's parents' house. Yes, yes. They're, they're and, holding uh, them at gunpoint, uh, demanding uh, Esme, but Esme just happens to show up anyway. So they're all there. Yeah. Having a bit yeah. of a standoff. A bit of a tussle. She gets taken out, and the parents just start kicking her on the floor. Well, they all fight in the first place because uh, they do. Yeah. Because Esme finally has enough of Sykes and punches her, and then Alfred's mom kind of gets in on that, so they're taking on her, whilst Alfred's trying to take on the big henchman dude, and he's kind of losing, so his dad steps in and hits him with the milk. Um, yeah. Which is in a glass bottle, because obviously if it was a plastic bottle, it would do nothing. <laughs> obviously, yeah. But um, but then when Sykes down, they just, you know, the two of them just start kicking her, because obviously she's presumably made them feel pretty miserable for the last few hours. Mm. So yeah. That was the thing. Um, yeah. Um, There's the odd touch of sense of humor that I appreciate, but other than that, I get nothing out of this. I was just counting I the minutes till it's ending. If, if you like early James Bond films, if you like Guy Ritchie, uh, I feel like you will get a lot of enjoyment out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like those things, stay away, because this isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um I have nothing more to add. Um it is not for me. Um but I know some people have liked it. Um I, I, the quality is reasonable enough overall that I, I see why some people are getting into it if you're into this kind of thing, but um this is everything that I don't like. The, the only thing missing from this is Middle Earth to make me really truly <laughs> hate it in every way, shape or form. Um Oh, can you imagine a, a Bond film? Bond Bond twenty eight, directed by Guy Ritchie. Set in Middle Earth. That's uh, like your worst nightmare. No, no, no. My my worst nightmare is uh, uh Tim Burton and Rob Zombie co-directing uh, the next Batman movie, <laughs> or Halloween, what whatever one, <laughs> whatever one. <laughs> what would you What would you prefer? The uh, an, 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 a new Tim Burton Batman movie, or a new Zack Snyder Batman movie? I think the Tim Burton one would upset me slightly less. Because <laughs> I hate Batman v Superman more than I do Batman Returns, and I really hate Batman Returns. <laughs> he, he really does. You can go watch the review we did of it. <laughs> Didn't He doesn't even like the Penguin Bombers. Uh... <laughs> no, no. Anyway, that has been Periworth. Uh, you can let us know what you think of the first episode in the comments below. And we are aware that they did put the first three out uh, on their service, like, uh, early, or yeah. with episode so I think, one. I think they put the first episode out early, but we, we didn't have time to fit it in early. Yeah. And then, as the first episode aired on TV, they put two and three up, I believe. Yeah, so, uh, we're aware they exist. Uh, I don't want to watch them, though, so doesn't matter <laughs> but it's convenient, not, isn't it? i'm just saying we're aware um so you can let us know what you think uh, get us on on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here you can head over to patreon.com slash mail fuzz tv uh, we can support us for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses exclusives and smaller stuff um you can of course contact us via email mftvquestions at gmail.com uh, you can send us questions in there um just in the subject header put in what show you're sending a question for so if it's for comments from the multiverse, if it's for Screams After Midnight, if it's for the TV news, just put that in the subject and then uh, say your name 
and all the rest of it and you know get some questions read out in some shows um but as us uh so yeah <laughs> thank you very much for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla